welcome to CME's latest podcast. Um, usually you'll be used to hearing Nick talk, but uh, my name's Dee and I'm going to be taking it today. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, our international learning that we've been up to recently. And joining me today is Interim Director Wendy Halliday. Hello, Wendy. Hi there. How are you feeling today? I'm good, thank you. Good, yep. Um, so... Uh, sorry, my, yeah, my name's Dee, I've already said that, but I am the Digital Communications and Marketing Officer uh, at CME, so I am the other half, better half, of the comms team. Um, so obviously mental health is a global issue um, and we need to come together to tackle it. Uh, so we've been crossing continents recently to do that. Um, we've been in Singapore and in Prague um, with the CME team and some of our volunteers sharing our work and learning from other countries um, about how we can all work together to tackle mental health stigma in discrimination. Um, so at the start of October, CME were invited to attend the ninth Together Against Stigma conference in Singapore um, to update others on our work and share learning with our international partners. Um, Social Movement Manager Tony attended that alongside uh, some of our volunteers, Ellie Moyes, um, Emma Brown and Gemma Welsh. Um, so those guys went over um, to do that. And then at the end of the month, um, Wendy and I uh, went to the Global Anti-Stigma Alliance in Prague to share and learn more about tackling mental health in communities, workplaces and health and social care. So I guess the main thing um, for us, Wendy, is why do you think international learning is important that we, that we go to these things and we do? I think it's really important. And I guess for me, there's a number of reasons for that. So one is that we can learn a great deal from other countries and what they're doing. But I think just as importantly, we can share our experience. So I think um, I was reflecting and thinking, CME is one of the oldest national programmes. And therefore, we've got a lot of history and background um, that I think is really, really helpful to countries that are just beginning their journey around ending stigma and discrimination. And I think one of the things that we can bring is some of the learning, the expertise that we have around setting up some of the um, national programmes at in its early stages and then looking to learn and share about how we develop the programmes going forward. For me, there was a number of things that really stood out. It's it's an opportunity too for networking. And I'm saying that because it's very rare you get in a room with people who are so dedicated, passionate and committed to ending mental health stigma and discrimination. So actually just to be part of that whole experience and contribute to those conversations was invaluable, you know. So and the other thing is um, you meet people who are doing very similar jobs in different countries. And that understanding of what that is like, um, it's it's quite unique in many respects, you know, to be to be coordinating and so to be able to build networks and um, relationships with people who are doing very similar roles to you in other countries is really, um, you know, it's incredibly rich. It in kind of like it lights the fire a wee bit, doesn't it? It, it does. Was, it kind of yeah, yeah. made you go, oh, this is why we're doing what we're doing. And it's so exciting and like refreshing yeah. to kind of be around those people that are as passionate as you are. Definitely, because I think we're, we're really passionate and committed anyway, but to be part of a, a room full of people that are behind that, you know, that agenda, it's, it, is, it, it really encourages 
certainly me to take stock of where we were and think through what we need to do differently. So Wendy and I were in Prague um, and it was also beautiful, which was <laughs> nice, despite getting lost, trying to find uh, venues every so often. And we, But we've been other places before that um, as well. So obviously Tony's in Singapore and we'll hear a little bit um, from the volunteers who are in Singapore slightly later on in the podcast, as well as uh, Joe from the Mental Health Foundation who uh, came along with us to Prague. But we have been, where were we last year? Um, now... I think it was Copenhagen. It was Copenhagen, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick went last year. Oh, yeah. But I think, I mean, the, the benefit is that CME is well networked. So there are lots of different events. There's some international mental health forums of which stigma and discrimination is just a part of that agenda. And we've been to international forums like that. And then there's GASA, which is the Global Anti-Stigma Alliance. And that's where we, you know, our, our experience of of um, the, the Prague group was people that are entirely focused on stigma and, and ending stigma, which is great. Yep, exciting. Mm-hmm. Lots lots to come mm-hmm. there. Um, so I guess, you know, kind of talking a little bit now about what we learnt, uh, learned or learnt, I can never <laughs> I can never quite get it right. Um, so as I said, you know, Tony went to um, Singapore and unfortunately Tony can't um, make it today, um, but she has kind of uh, given us a little bit of, of her learning. So Tony said about Singapore that it was really useful to hear the updates on the other anti-stigma programmes uh, in England, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the Czech Republic, Netherlands, and Denmark so you can see uh, just how many different people were there as well and I think um, one of Tony's favourite things she said that she really enjoyed saying Australia's You Can't Ask That project um, which is basically a kind of um, video series that they did that was broadcast on TV where people kind of ask questions about mental health people are like oh you can't you can't ask that but actually in reality it's it's a good way of kind of challenging and um, stigmatising questions and, and getting um, messaging across and she said that she could see volunteers kind of embedding stuff like this into their community events uh, as a myth-busting yeah. kind of project, yeah. which I think is great. Um, so, yep, and also uh, Ellie and Emma, who attended the, as well as Gemma, who attended uh, the um, Singapore group as well, um, have told us what they learned from uh, the trip. So we've got a little bit of that now. First up, we've got Ellie. Whilst in Singapore, I had the opportunity to attend a lecture by Stanley Kutcher, who is a Canadian psychiatrist, and he's got a keen interest in mental health literacy in schools. So obviously, as part of the Education Young People's team, that was one of the talks I was really excited to go to. And he essentially discussed a resource that he helped to develop, which can be used across educational settings for different ages, different sort of levels of mental health literacy and I found it really interesting because I thought that this is a key direction that CME should be focusing on. We should be looking at early years mental health and wellbeing education and we should be looking at getting young pe- uh, children sorry, talking about their mental health, their wellbeing, how they're feeling, what they do when they're struggling, what they do when they're happy from a young age and this is the only way that we're going to get the real generational change that we're driving for. It was an amazing opportunity taking part in Together Against Stigma in Singapore. For myself, Ellie and for Gemma, we were able to share our own lived experiences in the different roles that we undertake um, as part of a workshop. I think one of the things that really hit home to me was sharing about the impact that my role has had on friends and family in tackling stigma and discrimination around mental health. Um, I think for the first time it made me really think about and ask people around me um, how it's impacted on them and really see that ripple effect that we talk about in our training that happens when we start conversations. Um, 
around mental health. One of the main things I noticed was that um, in other countries when they were talking about people with lived experience, the roles were generally a paid full-time job-like capacity. Um, I think the fact that our roles are generally more voluntary it just demonstrates the clear passion that our champions have to make a difference. You know, we do what we do because we care and we want to help others. It was really encouraging to be in an international platform to hear about how different countries are tackling stigma and discrimination. But also it made me realise um, how far on we are in our conversations in Scotland, particularly in the discussions that were presented around needing to not only raise awareness but at a government level challenge policies which are so structural in terms of stigma and discrimination and I know this is currently one of CME's real targets so that was a real encouragement to me as a volunteer. I think another key thing I realised was that a lot of the other countries out with GASA tend to utilise people with lived experience in um, healthcare settings um, specifically as part of treatment programs alongside sort of therapies and um, medication but for me I think as part of the education and young people's team at CME I realised that we really have a much wider involvement you know we do look at um, health and social care but we also look at educations we look at community involvement we look at workplaces and I think using all of that stuff to drive policy is the big thing I noticed. You know, we're not just putting people in one area and saying they will make a difference. We're really looking at it from a much wider perspective and trying to get right to the roots of everything. It was so encouraging to hear from so many different agencies and countries about how the most effective ways for tackling stigma and discrimination were through working with people with lived experience. Um, And that seemed to be a common thread running through most of the plenary um, speakers' discussions. Um, But it became quite clear that there's not enough grounding evidence to be able to present this Um, to different governments and officials and really embed this is a programme that's so important not just in Scotland but throughout the UK Um, and it seems like there could be a real piece of work that's done um, with a university or um, a research institute in Scotland to really carry out a research project which gives more weight to the work that's being done. I think, Wendy, um, with Prague as well, it was really, really interesting to see the extent to which other countries were using voices of lived experience to influence and shape their work. We've just kind of heard from Ellie and Emma there, um, and that was something that they've also highlighted. um, And that very much, I felt, came to the forefront in Prague, even on the first day, even though we had to listen through translators, which (laughs) meant little bits and pieces got lost. Um, But I think that was something that came forward super... Yeah. super heavily yeah. which was great to see I think Prague was really it was a great um, event because they used it in, in two ways so one was as the gas a meet so to bring everybody from the international countries together and because they were doing that they used it as an opportunity to have a community event so that brought all sorts of different stakeholders or people that have got an interest in stigma and discrimination, including those with lived experience, into the room to really open up a conversation about that. So it was great. I think the presentations that were provided at the event were incredibly powerful. And we know that through our own work um, and also the, the evidence base clearly shows that having lived experience as a core element of any anti-discriminatory um, activity 
that's what brings a richness. It brings an understanding of reality, what it is in reality, what it looks like, what it feels like, and also suggestions about what could be done differently. And I think that was incredibly powerful at the event. Um, it was the introduction set or the introductory session. Um, and having it there right at the beginning was, I, I felt, really um, powerful and just chimes with what we do. Yeah. Um, so if, if anything, it made me reflect on how far we've come with that, but also thinking through how do we do that much more skillfully um, and encourage other people to do that in their work. Yeah, I think from the from a media perspective or a comms perspective, the thing that I kind of took the most from it um, was just how much media and social media can be used to tackle um, and help reduce stigma around mental health and how effectively other places are doing that as well. Because I think sometimes comms kind of falls into the delivery kind of or, or supporting um, program work when reality, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people can be reached using social and, and digital media and just how well um, some of the organisations are kind of using media guidelines and um, media volunteers and PR uh, ambassadors to kind of challenge even stigmatizing articles and um, say in Australia I've got stigma watch which is a really really cool thing where people kind of submit um, articles or pieces of coverage that they find stigmatizing and also the amount of research and evidence that's going on um, into kind of supporting that improving that which is something that we're, we're doing now which is exciting for us um, and also the kind of notion of um, grants and media awards which I think is a really good idea and also really interesting where they're kind of funding journalists to kind of go out and do these pieces of work and um, to kind of challenge stigmatizing attitudes which yeah which is exciting so maybe we can we can maybe <laughs> steal some of that stuff which is uh which we do you know we are doing but as we said it, it's kind of great to see it being fed back to us and yeah. being like oh no we're, we're on yeah. the run the right track which is really exciting and um, also joe from the mental health um, foundation joined us as well and um, so joe uh, is going to share some of her learning um, with us now some of the interesting things that came out of the uh the the, the conference for myself were some discussions around disclosure um, in terms of evaluation and discussion around um, mental health stigma scales that um, we might be able to build into our own work um, in Scotland. Um, also, we had quite in-depth discussions about what the definition of stigma and how that can vary from uh, uh, country to country and from and between audiences. Um, and also just really enjoyed um, some of the networking and how we got to share more informally, informally some of the learning that um, has, has come out of the, the different programmes uh, to date. So, Wendy, um, you know, how, how can we take what we've learned uh, in Prague and Singapore and kind of apply it now to see me? You know, what are our key areas, the opportunities, any barriers that might come up for us that might prevent us kind of taking some of that and... Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean... It's a very broad, tough yeah, question. No, no, it's, it's good. I think the key thing for me is it's happened at such a good time for us because See Me is going through a, a bit of a shift in respect of one of the things that we are saying more and more is that addressing stigma, mental health stigma and discrimination is foundational. And a rationale for that is that we think that there could be lots of... Um, mental health improvement activity, activity around well-being, early intervention, prevention. But that's strengthened, we believe, if 
attention is paid to reducing stigma and discrimination, removing the barriers that prevent people from being able to access different points of service, to be able to speak out about their mental health, to be able to get the support that they need. And I think um, the international examples just help to consolidate really that we're on a good track, that we are we, we understand the evidence, I think, in See Me, and we're trying to apply that wherever we can. So the evidence really, for me, came out clearly around the lived experience involvement. And whatever we do, as we said earlier, we've got to make sure that runs through all of our programmes work. So I think that was really um, affirming. The other thing, um, I guess, that I took from it is that we need to look at one of the things we see in CME is that we try to change policy, practice and minds. And again, I think that's really important that we stay true to that because the experience from other countries, certainly those that are more progressed and have had anti-stigma programmes for a time, they might not use that way of describing it, but there's work that looks at addressing policy issues and ensuring that policy is much more inclusive and much more explicit about ensuring that people can get the right support and the right um, services irrespective of their mental health. So that's really encouraging. And we, of course, we do work around that already, but I think what it encourages us to think about is what can we do in addition to that? And the other thing, I guess, for me was that's consistent across most of the examples we saw is that there's a gap between policy ambition and practice. And so, for example, people were describing some of the barriers around um, there might be policy that states um, that there's inclusive practice or there's human rights based approaches or there's, you know, a range of policy that would would really support us to um, create environments where people aren't discriminated or stigmatised. But actually, it's practice that's fallen behind, you know, so I think what that emphasised to me is that we need to really pay attention to the programmatic areas. So the settings that see me work in at the moment are good and they're the right settings to be involved in. So health and social care, workplaces, education, schools, colleges, universities, etc. Um, and in communities too. But it also encouraged me to think about those aren't the only places and we need to think more broadly about where else we could be paying attention. And the other thing, um, I guess, for me was about an appreciation that we do a lot around stigma and raising awareness of mental health and also encouraging people to speak out. What we maybe do less of right now, and I know we've seen me has done this in the past, is a focus around discrimination and particularly the inequalities that people with lived experience are experiencing almost on a daily basis. And it encouraged me really to think through what are we doing about that and what do we need to be doing about that. Um, and there's some countries that do that really well. I was drawn to the Australian example again, um, where there's a particular programme that's focused on the experience of people with probably more um, challenging mental health problems and, and maybe more severe mental health issues and their particularly, particular experiences. And I think there's loads that we could learn from that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think that was something that came to the, the forefront for me as well. And also just to the extent of 
how much kind of lived experience plays a central part in that and how much we can kind of use our volunteers um, to do that and help Absolutely. shape um, where we are going forward. Um, so obviously at CME we, we support a kind of group of volunteers who are passionate about tackling mental health stigma and discrimination and we try and put that at the heart of everything that we do um, moving forward. So in Singapore our kind of volunteers, they facilitated workshops, they contributed to discussions and they were kind of fundamental to sharing what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, obviously that's something that we will <laughs> continuously um, strive to do as well and again just seeing the extent to you know how other countries are doing that as well was really really inspiring for me so I kind of yeah. came back with a big pocket <laughs> pocket bag full of dreams um, so I think you know again from a perspective how we kind of find encouraging the voices of the experience to generate their own media content and kind of galvanize that music for change kind of in the media and online and as well you know the the extent to which the ambassadors and other places are kind of you know doing that and you know that that can that comes down to kind of capacity and um and things like that as well but that was really inspiring to see um, I think um, so you know, I think you know, we, we're aware that there's been a lot of work done to kind of tackle stigma around mental health around the world which is great but there is still a lot more to be done um, so I think the time away for us in both Prague and Singapore was a great way for us to share our work and also learn from other countries and their approaches um, but I think you know what's next what's the next big thing for, for See Me and I know that um, next oh no, 2021 um, the Together Against Stigma yeah together against stigma conference going back to prague i believe Uh so we're going back to prague so hopefully we'll be at that but uh yourself and graham are the assistant of director of delivery are off to belfast next dublin sorry oh (laughs) we're off to dublin and that's a great meeting too because it's really it's the uk and northern ireland meeting and um it's hosted in in dublin this year which is just fantastic um and i guess what we're really keen to do is reflect on Prague and also Singapore um, and together look at the learning and see what implications that might have for the different programmes. I mean, one of the things that really strikes me, Dee, is there's no two countries the same. We have to contextualise it so it has to fit within our country. But in saying that, there's so much we can learn from the different models and approaches that are in place. So our trip to Dublin will really allow us to look across, you know, the the um, UK and Ireland nation, nas- nations and say, what are we doing? What are the consistent elements? And where is the unique work that's happening that we can maybe build on or mirror in other countries? So um, I'm really excited about that. It'll be great. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of good things happening for us. Yeah. Lots of... Fun, fun trips to, <laughs> to go and learn and do more. Well, thank you so much, um, Wendy, for you know talking to me today about um, some of our international learning. And also thanks to Ellie and Emma, um, who shared their experiences from Singapore, and Joe from the Mental Health Foundation as well. Mm-hmm.